0: Yes, it's me, Mark Stone, and this is the Backseat Driver Podcast. I'd like to welcome to the Backseat Driver Radio Show a young fellow from near Aberdeen, a young lad called Lewis Buchan. The one unusual thing about Lewis is... He's a three-wheeler fan. And I mean a serious three-wheeler fan. And his social media exploits and YouTube channel have turned this fine young fellow from north of the border into a positive celebrity. Lewis, welcome to the Backseat Driver Radio Show. Yeah, thanks for inviting
1: me onto your show, Mark. Yeah, I'm glad to be
0: here. As I said, I picked up on you on Facebook thinking, who's this young lad with his passion for (laughs) three-wheelers? Because... When I, when I when i was a lad i mean three wheelers came about as it was better than a motorbike and sidecar and it got bikers as such into a car without the hassle of various things and then of course the government made a mess of it by uh, introducing laws that meant they didn't have reverse gear so they used to pop the bonnet Turn the engine round, and the engine didn't know which way it was going, so it used to reverse them out. Also, I can remember when you used to have to pop the bonnet on a little bond to kick-start the Anzani engine. But, yep. Lewis, how did this passion for three-wheelers come about?
1: Well, it really started years ago, when I was probably a little kid, and I used to watch Mr Bean. <laughs> and I always remember seeing this little blue Reliant Supervan that was always tipped over on its side or bumped out of spaces, and I always had a passion since then to own a Reliant. It, to me, that was the Reliant Robin at the time, yeah. which I now know it is actually the Supervan. Yeah, but uh, finally, back in two thousand and have been two thousand twelve, I got the chance to get a hold of one of these. Uh, three wheelers, and it was a Mark 1 850 Reliant Robin that was over the moon to achieve that, what I'd said years ago.
0: <laughs> and as you probably realise, then, the Reliant Robin in many ways was like the final swan song of the three wheelers. Okay, there was the Rialto, which was a posh one again, but yeah. um, I mean, when you started with the Supervan and then the Reliant Robin, how many of them have you got? Um, recently I just went up to 7 number
1: on <laughs> these reliance which I believe could be increasing in the next year or so again
0: I, so I conclude if somebody has one that they want rid of uh, it's a case of it's that Lewis Buckingham here in Aberdeen he'll have it
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it seems to be Yeah, well, I mean I've had, I've had offers also my last one came from Peterborough so somehow I've been heard about down there and got the chance of this lovely mark 5 regal and it's a real beauty <laughs> i
0: was gonna say from looking at your uh, facebook live feeds etc it looks like it's in need of a bit of restoration
1: yeah you could that'd be one way of saying it yeah
0: because i watched one part where you opened the door did something and a lump fell off and you thought oh ah, well that's that taking off then
1: yeah I've, there's quite a lot of that happens with them surprisingly i've, I've seen the funnily enough, when you mentioned doors, I took a robin outside once, forgot I'd taken out the little door latch that holds the door shut, the wind came through the newly opened out windows that I'd taken out, and it hit the back door and blew it clean off. (laughs) 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 So that that was an interesting day.
0: (laughs) I mean, the the three wheelies themselves have a very interesting history. I mean, have, have you studied them?
1: I've studied it quite a... When I first got into the robins, obviously delved into Reliant to find out what it all was about in this little company in Tamworth and what what actually they made and how they went on from the Robin onto the Rialtos and then back to the Robin name until they eventually stopped production. And so,
0: and of course there was also the Bond as well.
1: Yeah, the Bond the Bond bug. That was that is one of the Ones I'm hoping to add to the collection at some point.
0: <laughs> but I mean, well before that, there were all the bonds and the reliance. I mean, they were uh, they, they started life very, very like quite a good few years ago, didn't they?
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing. I think I'm not sure who was the first one, but I know that after I think reliance started because the founding the founder of reliance used to be with Raleigh, and <clears throat> when they stopped their production, I think it was the Raleigh Safety Seven he moved and started his own company with Reliant and built the, I believe it's the Reliant Regent van would have been one of the first ones.
0: Yeah. Uh, um, and, and, and of course, as time's gone on, uh, I mean, the, the construction of them, by the looks of what you're restoring, has changed considerably from, shall we say, <laughs> conventional construction into like the one-piece fibreglass. Oh,
1: definitely. I mean, I'm, that's what I've really realised with this latest one being... A nineteen fifty nine Reliant Regal. It's the Mark V, so it was the first one that came with the boot and I believe it was the first four seater version. And you just working on it compared to the later ones, it's totally different. Because the timber frame ends around the doors, a lot of well, a lot of timber have been used in the construction of them actually. Um, and just the body com- comes off and I believe it's two halves. Right so it actually splits at the top of the windscreen which was quite unusual
0: when removing it yeah so in many ways the construction of the early ones was shall we say more along the lines of what you would call a classic British car I mean I personally own a Morgan and that's got a timber frame
1: <laughs> yeah I would say so there were more well I believe I think the timber frame came about because the early ones were aluminium bodied and then to reduce weight they went into fiberglass. yeah And the aluminium was costing more, I believe, because of rationing after the war.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, when you're restoring them, I mean, looking at them, is like I said, there's the uh, original... Some of them had, like, Anzoni engines that um, just start them. You open the bonnet and kick-started the motorbike engine as if it was a motorbike.
1: (laughs) I I know they... I know the motor you're on about, the little Bond microcars and the Villiers engine under the
0: bonnet, Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah, and uh, of course, the uh, w- w- when the taxman twigged that uh, motorbike and sidecar owners had got themselves a car, even though there was a wheel missing, uh, they then introduced this, well, just to make it so you can only r- drive it on a bike licence will mesh off reverse gear, <laughs> they made it that you yeah. could... You opened the bonnet, spun the engine round because the engine was sat over its driving wheel and you, you drove the car backwards out of the wherever it was for the simple reason the engine didn't know whether it was going forwards or backwards <laughs> and the amount of lock you could put on, these cars would turn round in their own space.
1: Oh definitely, that's one great thing about 3 wheelers, they can, they're so nimble they can turn round no problem. And.
0: So, I mean, which are the earliest three-wheelers? Are they the Bonds or what? Because, I mean, they seem to have been around for a long time. I
1: I think the Bonds probably would have been on the go first, but I'd have to look that up, because I haven't delved as far back as the beginning of. I've looked into it slightly, and I know roughly when Reliant was starting, but Bond I haven't researched into as much.
0: Yeah. So, um... I mean, the other thing is, when you're, like, get restoring them, how do you go on getting spare parts or bits and pieces for them?
1: Well, it started off with the first robins. I was using eBay quite a lot just for finding the parts I needed, and it took quite a long time, obviously, sourcing the bits. But since then, I've come across, obviously, a guy down in, I think it's Wolverhampton direction, or Worcestershire, and he's got heaps of relying parts for all the different ranges of three wheelers um, there's another few garages at the other side of the country as well all specialise in Reliant parts and the best contacts to know because anything that you need you can usually phone them up and if they don't have it they know where you can get
0: it Yeah. And it's a bit like the cross section engines. What engines are you like looking at? I mean, we talked about like the Villiers engines and the Anzani in them. What sort of engines do they all have in them? Or, or does everyone have a different engine?
1: They had a variety of engines over the years. The early ones, like the Mark 5 I've got, they've got a version of the Austin 7 engine. The line took it, modified it enough so that you couldn't buy parts from an Austin dealer, ah. and went and uh, put it in that motor. Yeah. And lovely little thing, but they went from that to I believe it was a 600cc overhead valve unit, which was the first all aluminium engine to be mass produced, and it progressed from there to a 700, 750, and then the final version was the 850.
0: Yeah, so who tended to make these engines, or were they still all based well, on the Austin 7? The,
1: the Austin 7 engine, I'm not entirely sure at the moment who built that from new, I believe Reliant probably took in, well, as far as I know, they took in the drawings for it and they built this engine to their standards, and then I believe the all aluminium engines was actually built by Reliant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and of course, every engine has to have a gearbox, so are they they, um, a motorcycle gearbox, or or is it, shall we say, a car's gearbox or an Austin 7's gearbox?
1: It is is actually a car gearbox. I'm not sure where they sourced it from, if it was their own creation, but it's just a rear-wheel drive gearbox. Very simple.
0: Right, just turn round to power the engine up the front, then.
1: That's all it is. (laughs) It's a, a really simple thing. Usually, I've never had any problems with their gearboxes so far. Anyway,
0: yeah,
1: and uh, brilliantly.
0: I mean, reliability-wise, from the sounds of it, a lot of these cars, when you get them, though the bodywork might require attention, the engines sound like they don't need as much attention.
1: Well, you'd, you'd think that, but uh, surprisingly, I've actually had a t- couple of them that have came with seized engines, and I've had to s- leave them soaking the oil until they. Eventually, free off. I learned the hard way with one that just oil doesn't just do the trick. When I got it free, put it in the car and realised it had stuck piston rings. Oh right! And that was uh, a little bit of a oh, ought to take the bits again. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: which I get the which I get the feeling from your point of view is the joy of owning them. is taking them in bits.
1: Oh, it is. It's it's great because you learn so much about the car when you strip it down. You can go oh well, that's how that works, and it. It's great knowing how it goes together, because yeah. when something does go wrong, you can go, ah, I know for that, that for that's come from, I yeah. know for it's going wrong.
0: So, I mean, the fiberglass bodies will be all right because I mean, fiberglass is relatively easy to repair, etc. But when you're working on the metal bodies, uh, the aluminium-skinned ones, are there parts panels available for them, or have you had to learn well, how to do a bit of panel beating? Um,
1: Sure about the aluminium ones, and funnily enough, that's the ones I haven't been able to find yet because the, the aluminium bodies were only on the Mark One and Mark Two Regals, and they are quite rare nowadays. Yeah. But um, fiberglass panels, surprisingly enough, you can't pick them up for the later cars still. As I've seen a complete front end for a Robin for sale that was new old stock from Reliant.
0: Yeah. So um, I conclude that was something you had to have.
1: Well. I did think about it, but I I decided, no, I always like to repair what I've got, so I I passed on that one for once.
0: (laughs) Now, the one that's undergoing restoration at the moment, even though it shall we say, without being rude, uh, an initial glance would indicate it's what's called a basket case. But lo and behold, on your your, on your Facebook live, you suddenly started it up and started driving it about.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, this car i got this regal back i believe it was beginning of june time and i had been told the last owner had it started but he had been running it off a little fuel siphon tank so first was get it all cleaned up make sure it was gonna run off its own tank and yeah it ran run brilliant it, it even drove yeah <laughs> Now, apart
0: from the body panels and the engines, I mean, of course, you then have the endless joy of the interiors. Um, I mean, th- th- they'll be quite simple as regards their instrumentation because I don't think there was a lot of it. But no, the, not a lot in them, really. It's so, the, the, I mean, wh- who made like the clocks, etc. Can you still get them, or else do you have to restore the ones that are in them?
1: Usually, you can get most of the parts from. I mean, it's Robbins of dealt with a lot of the time and a lot of this gauges are smith gauges yeah so you can get them quite easily but uh, the regals i believe they've got a half a uh, circle speedometer that was built just for them right so getting bits for them is slightly trickier
0: yeah so i conclude you've learnt the watchmaking skills by repairing gauges then <laughs>
1: Well, I've, I've had a go at it, but not quite there yet. <laughs> I've, uh, I've had a go at so- sorting a few speedos that just need cleaned up and cleaning them out, repainting them, but the watchmaker side of it is a little bit trickier than <laughs> Managed to master yet.
0: Now, I mean, when you've restored that roughly, I mean, it's how long is this piece of string? Because I mean, I have a very good friend who restores cars for a living. Um, roughly, how long does it take you to turn a, a reliant Robin from, uh, shall we say, getting your hands on it into one that you can drive about? Or drive <laughs> a, drive about legally, not just dump down your driveway? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got a
1: great example for that one because I'm near on the end of a restoration of a 1970s Supervan just now. Yeah and I started that in November and it has been away at the painters a majority of that time but I'm looking at a couple of weeks and I'll be ready to go on the road right so so basically you,
0: basically you've got quite a few on the go at one time yeah this, this is actually the busiest I've been for Restore and Reliance
1: at one point because <laughs> I've, I've two super vans at the go as well as this Regal
0: yeah and it's one of those things when you've restored them do you use them
1: oh you have to that's that's a must i always say if you're gonna do them up do use them for what they were built for and (laughs) enjoy them
0: so you don't do them up and sell them you just build them up and that that's another one of uh, lewis's collection
1: (laughs) well it seems to be at the moment i mean that might change someday but uh at the moment, I just love the fact I can do them up and take them out and let people enjoy them.
0: Right. And I mean, one other that seems to fit... Well, it appears periodically, but it doesn't seem to be moving forward very much. You've got the scabble Scarab, haven't
1: you? Yeah, I have. That's, that's actually a reliant that got me that one as well. Oh. But, uh, it was because I restored my first robin. The guy was as impressed with the getting this reliant all restored and repaired that he offered me the scarab. Um, um, what what state is the Scarab in? The Scarab now, it, it is completely restored. Unfortunately, it, it's had a slight mechanical fault uh, a couple of months ago, where it decided the crew wanted to rather live in the sump than in the radiator. Yeah. So it turned out to be just that a, a seal had failed in the, the engine, so... I was very happy to come home today and find a great big box of bits all for the Scammel here (laughs) so uh, in the next I would say month or so it should be back running again now it'll be now I mean
0: one thing people may not remember I remember them once again I'm giving my age away here the Scammel (laughs) scarab was not a family car was it
1: no it wasn't it was a little commercial lorry designed for narrow little streets to replace the horse and cart
0: Um, Um, They were favourites with British Rail and British Parcel Service and everything else, weren't they?
1: Yeah, British Rail was the main user of them. They actually specced a cheaper version of the Scarab, just so the price came down slightly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, As I've been told, when you look up a parts book, it will actually have British Rail parts listed in it. Yeah. To tell you this is how they went
0: so if you were for British Rail you didn't get a seat in yours
1: well you, I think you didn't get heaters that was one thing you didn't get in them <laughs> but, I mean, uh,
0: I mean what, what powers a Scarab
1: my Scarab's powered by a little Perkins 499 diesel which is quite a rare motor in them yeah. usually they were the Scammels own petrol Yeah. but uh, I believe I'm not sure if this was just post office decided they would have this for this one because this is the only surviving post office scarab left. Oh, right. And there's, as far as I know, the last one was, they tried to save, but uh, a scrapper got to it more yeah. than could.
0: Now, I mean, so, being a little lorry, of course, it'll have a fifth wheel on the back of it, won't it?
1: It does. It has the, the very unique scammel coupling. All oh, right. So, So you, that's this coupling that you just reverse up to your trailer, reverse you hear the loud bang. Drive off and your trailer's attached. <laughs> and it, it, I've watched the videos of them doing this, and I always thought, it can't be like that. Until I tried to hook up my own trailer and realised, you do just have to reverse back and listen for a loud back <laughs> So you actually have a
0: trailer for it?
1: I've got three trailers for it, and two of them are the original post office ones it used. Right so I mean when
0: you got it did it come with its trailers or else have you had to source those as well
1: well funnily enough it came with one of the trailers which had been half restored all the timber had been replaced inside it and then I think it was a few months later the guy that owned the Scarab before that phoned up and asked if I wanted to buy the other trailer him. <laughs> so
0: at that point I said oh that could easy
1: <laughs> <laughs> and it's a uh, it's just growing since then, so I'm currently restoring that trailer as well in, in the spare time I have between the Reliance. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, that, as that, that'll that that cause quite a bit of interest with its original, like, GPO and British Rail, etc. Have they shown any interest in it?
1: Oh, it has. I've been roughly to two shows with it since it was finished. And the first show I went to, I couldn't get away from the lorry all day. It was people on about all throughout the day and actually met a few of its old drivers saying they hadn't ever seen the lorry so clean. Yeah, yeah. And They said you're supposed to have mailbags all over the floor of it.
0: <laughs> well, I think that was the thing with things like that. Because they were a commercial vehicle, and there were so many of them, I'm not saying they weren't well-maintained. They were because they had to work for the living. But in all other respects, people wouldn't really give them a second thought, would they?
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean... I've even I've heard plenty of stories about them in the post office at Aberdeen when the they used this lorry. I've even heard one of them fell off the platform into the tracks at one point. No. But uh, they, I mean they were made to last, that's the thing, and this one it's a pure survivor, lasting yeah. years in our yard, it was battered, rusty, uh really not something a lot of people would have probably saved.
0: Yeah. So I mean how did you go on restoring that?
1: Well, I put it to, because of what it is, I didn't want to tackle the metal work myself, so I actually put it away to a body shop, which unfortunately the first time, they, they owned it, well they had it for, I think it was about a year, and they just completely made a mess of it, yeah. so I had to take it away. Right. Um, then it went to another restorer, who I still use, who did all the painting on the Reliance as well, and he... Took it on was really into the, the scammel and rebuilt everything as it would have been brand new, right? And when you look look at this lorry now, you would just think it's came right out of scammel,
0: right? I mean, being post office, I mean, it might be a daft question is it bright red? It
1: is, it's bright red, but funnily enough, it doesn't have the crown on it. Oh, it, the lorry units had a little roundel on the door, yeah, They had the fleet number and the post office it worked for. Right. And this one's got the original round all been painted onto the door, so it's as it would have been when it worked for the post office in Aberdeen.
0: Yeah. So what exactly did it do? I conclude it ferried the mail from the railway station to the post office.
1: Yeah, that's all it did. It spent all its life going up and down a hill called Windmill Bray, up and down this cobbled street and a barely a mile from the post office each day. <laughs> so, the Scamble's actually done 40,000 miles, which seems low, but you think, oh, if it's less than a mile between the station and the post office, that's about 40,000 trips it's done. <laughs> so,
0: what What? What year is it? When was it built?
1: It's 1964. It's a, it's a B-reg. Uh, I do love the reg number of it as well, because it's ALB, so I always say Alfred Lewis Bucket, <laughs> which, it's just brilliant. <laughs> with, uh, a fantastic little motor.
0: Yeah, and to drive it, I mean, what what license do you need? Do you need do you need a commercial license. Or does it qualify as a car or what? Because I mean, it is articulated.
1: Well, that's the thing. Funnily enough, with that scarab, you you got them in two sizes. You have got a three ton and a six ton, and this is the three ton version. Yeah, so you can drive it on a car license. Right, and you only need a car and trailer to. Use it as a Arctic unit,
0: right? So it's a bit like a caravan in its own way, car and caravan.
1: Yeah, yeah, really, it is, It's just it's a big, big box caravan. You could call it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, what? What? Not being funny, because it was only well. I mean, this only ever did a mile in each direction. What? 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 What do they go like? Or are they, do they pull well? And... It,
1: funnily enough, it, it pulls quite well. I've only had a shot the trailer on short distances, but it's quite lively. Um, they're quite low geared so they don't go quite fast yeah um, I think you get about 20-25 mile an hour when you're going down the road with them. <laughs> the, the joy of that is is that you're never in a rush to get where you're going yeah it's, it's a pleasure to drive something like that
0: <laughs> I suppose in its own way if you modified a trailer you could put a couple of reliance on the back
1: of it well I've, I've been told that a few times if you take a flatbed trailer and have two reliance on it and take it all to the shows but it's it's on my to do list. Maybe someday like a, <laughs> a nice flatbed.
0: So when you take it anywhere, I conclude, do you have it transported there, or do you drive it there?
1: I, I actually drive it. I, I enjoy the run. Yeah. <laughs> Although you won't go, you won't go
0: that far, or else you'll have to set off extremely early.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, I was very lucky last year. I got asked to come over to uh, Raleigh. It's over Banbury direction. Which is twenty minutes from me, roughly. Yeah. And I got my photo taken with an old uh, Andrew Barclay steam locomotive. <laughs> a so there's this lovely photo of the scarab and the locomotive, and they both worked in Aberdeen around the same time. So it was just brilliant seeing them together.
0: Yeah. So I mean, from the sounds of it, do you, Italy, are you now making it a regular thing to be seen back around Aberdeen?
1: Oh. I would love to get it into Aberdeen to get a photo of it outside the old post office, but yeah. that was my plan this
0: year until the engine decided it was wanting to play up a bit. <laughs> but it's still on the cards, is it, though?
1: Oh, definitely. I'm, it's on my cards. I've taken the thing into Aberdeen because the old GPO building still stands. Yeah. And it would look brilliant having it sitting there. I mean, have you had a word with
0: like, the post office and said, like, can I bring this and park it up? well funnily enough it's actually flats now so uh, All right.
1: I'll, I'll just be parking it outside the flats and <laughs> I'm sure nobody will think I know this right <laughs> uh,
0: the comments will be I know, the, I know I've heard of some late postal deliveries but this is beyond the joke
1: <laughs> well that's true it's only 40 years too late
0: <laughs> <laughs> so much for first class posting in Aberdeen. <laughs> <laughs> well it is quite out in the out in the country I was going to say it's quite a while since I was up in Aberdeen I mean the Granite City it is a very nice place to be
1: oh it is it's some lovely buildings in it Um and when the sun's out it's beautiful
0: so I mean what 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 is the three wheeler you would like to own the most that you don't already own oh,
1: that's that's quite a tough one a quite between the Bond, bond The bond bug so much. I'm quite tempted to go for the underdog of that, which is really the bond eight seven five, right? The little the Helman imp engine bond, yeah, because they're totally different, and I think it would fit in brilliantly with the collection I've got. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, have you driven the bug?
1: I've never had a shorter one. No, I've been I've been told the one that's sitting up here possibly for sale, but I've um, never had a shorter one yet. <laughs> i mean there is i mean there, if you look
0: on youtube i mean there's people who've put like hayabusa engines in them
1: oh i've i've seen them that's i mean it's, to me it's great seeing them do it but i like the feel of driving even put the when they were new yeah i mean I, I have to admit though when it if it's keeping people happy in them with this hayabusa engines in them then it's brilliant because you're getting people involved in these cars i mean it's
0: one of those things uh, one of the things i do a lot of as uh, my my regular listeners know i do a lot of live commentary at classic car shows it's about two years now a young lad arrived in my arena with a bond bug it was absolutely pristine and um, he'd been doing a newspaper round from about 13 and when he'd saved up enough he went and bought a bond bug in cardboard boxes <laughs> And his parents were horrified by this. What have you spent all your money on that for? And this lad, over the years, restored this car to absolute... It was better than showroom. What cheered him up was, it was down to me to award car of the show. And it was down to an Aston Martin of the Bond Bug. The guy with the Aston wasn't very pleased.
1: (laughs) Well, I could imagine it's... it's it's great, though, to see these kind of cars winning that kind of things, because it's, it's great. They're, they're a people's car,
0: really. Yeah. And It was an affordable car for everyone of its time. And the other thing was, the Aston Martin, it was a che- what I call the checkbook restoration. The Bond Bug <laughs> was this, like, 16, 17-year-old lad. He'd done it all himself, and you look at it and you think, that is an absolute credit to you fantastic thing to see um i mean not being funny i mean what's the reaction to your family and neighbors with the this 27 year old lad near aberdeen that being fixated with three wheelers
1: well you'd be quite surprised i remember when i took home the first one that had been picked up with a demolition grabber before i got it Ah. so the roof was all caved in and the front wheel was missing I remember it was sitting out on bricks outside the house and I was told, what are you ever going to do with that? <laughs> and I, I remember my grandfather for ages kept saying to me, what are you wanting that Robin for? It's not worth having. I've seen it. It's fallen to bits. You don't want it. <laughs> I, I think I chased on for six months to get this car home and eventually I think everyone couldn't believe the transformation from wreck to what it is now.
0: Yeah,
1: And, uh, i've had a few people walk in past and go is that the same car I goes no no that's a different one <laughs> <laughs> um, the the super van i'm doing just now probably would take the, the award for being the worst conditioned reliant i've ever taken on
0: yeah
1: as the when i bought it i actually watched it on e- on ebay three or four times and each time i looked at it, thought, i'm not buying that that's yes. total rubbish And then I picked up a chassis local to me and I thought, "That's it's quite cheap now. I might buy that.
0: (laughs) So basically, Uh, there isn't a reliant three-wheeler out there that don'ts Lewis Buchan.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, I'll take anything on, really. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, there's not a
0: reliant wrecked enough that you can't restore. (laughs) (laughs) And we get... we can't finish off without talking about the famous Jeremy Clarkson Top Gear three-wheeler oh, story. Yes. I mean, what was your reaction to that? Because a, a great friend of mine, Andy Jones, who lives in North Wales, who's become a an absolutely dedicated follower of yours for the simple reason <laughs> he used to have reliant three-wheelers. He even had the one that the uh, I don't know whether it was Liverpool, the Man United footballers in. Oh, ad-
1: I know the one. Yeah, advertising hair
0: hair products or something. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I watched that advert quite a bit because I was always like, wow, would someone so reliant on TV again. <laughs> Is it, it's great seeing them on that because it's, it's a car you don't expect to see on TV. And then before that was obviously the Jeremy Clarkson one for a He had a bit of fun with her. He had a bit of fun. I mean, I I had a lot of
0: people say they're they're not that bad. They don't roll over that easily. They said if you provoke them badly, they will. But from what I can gather, that even if they do start, shall we say, getting a little bit loose on a corner, you can pull them back. They don't all automatically roll over.
1: Definitely, I agree with you there. I mean, I believe it or not i've actually done auto tests with my reliance
0: you're joking
1: which is no i've I've done auto tests with the blue robin 850 and it's the most fun i've ever had (laughs) (laughs) what was even better was that the reliant was one of the only cars during that day that didn't hit a cone right but
0: it did get on two wheels (laughs) (laughs) and what was the what was the crowd's reaction to
1: this crowd's reaction I've, ax- I've done it now I think it's two or three times at the same event in the first year everyone was expecting it not to do well there was a lot of laughing and from this Reliant absolutely thrashed a Citroen they just couldn't believe it <laughs> and it was still this day, I remember the owner coming up to me and going you know I'll never live this now being beaten by a Reliant Robin <laughs> <laughs> and that just made my day uh, can you, you can
0: imagine it though in the pub of a night time over a pint wait how did you go on today I finished second oh who beat you <laughs> some bugger in a reliant robbing <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh no you, you can just imagine I don't think you'd be able to see anything after that <laughs> <laughs> but it was the following year for the, the auto test got a bit bigger and they, they had this reverse into a garbage kind of section and it was a little more challenging yeah and I just had it in my head, I thought, I want to try and win this with this Reliant. And I think the Reliant was second or third out of all the cars. There was about eight or ten of them. entered yeah. out of it. And I couldn't believe that this Reliant was, did so well. <laughs> Although, I'll never forget the look on the two marshals' faces when they were all up and lifted on two wheels and started going towards them. <laughs>
0: So, i mean the other thing is it's for anything to do with any form of motorsport they have to have like a bit of scrutineering and everything else it'll be the only reliant three-wheeler that's got motorsport credentials won't it? well
1: that's the thing it's it's always a lovely thing to go well this is a reliant competed in motorsport <laughs> <laughs> it's it's always a great laugh to do I, I mean it's the the thing about it is it it makes people smile and that's the thing that you really want to do. Yeah. I mean even driving them on the road, the amount of people that wave and smile, especially when you go out, will have a bright yellow reliant robin. Yeah. And that just gets attention forever it goes.
0: I mean there's the old joke, what do you call a reliant robin with a football in the back, a whistle. Um (laughs) But, I mean, the, the, I think the, it's probably the most famous three-wheeler, of course, is the famous uh, Fools and Noise's one, the uh, Trotters oh, Independent Trading.
1: Yeah, I would say they, they that show really saved a lot of the super vans from being just binned and scrapped. Yeah. I mean, it got a big fan following and everyone got on the bandwagon of, let's get into this and restore this as a replica to the Trotters van. Yeah. I always said, funnily enough, I would never do one. But yeah, I've
0: done. Changed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always said I would never
1: do one, and I, I came to the point when I was deciding my paint I was going to do this first super van I got, and it went. I'll have to do a Trotters van. <laughs> if I don't do it, I'll never hear the end of this.
0: <laughs> now, I was going to say, I think the original one. It's in uh, it's in a museum in Cumbria, if I'm not mistaken. I
1: believe it is. Yeah. There's there's one, I believe, down in Bewley Motor Museum as well. I think they had quite a few in the show when they used them. I was going to say,
0: any vehicle that tends to appear in a show, there tends to be multiples of them. (laughs) So, as I said, I know of one in Cumbria, but there'll probably be a few of them knocking about, won't there? Oh, probably. (laughs) But, um, I mean, have you ever given any thought to the four-wheeled versions? Because, I mean, there's the kittens... And of course, somebody, somebody, someone I can't remember the name of them or the make of them, but somebody did a Reliant, uh, sorry, a Bond Bug uh, conversion to four wheels, didn't
1: they? I believe there was. uh, Yes, I do remember that. The Bond Bug, that was Reliant. I think that we're going to make the four wheeled version, but it never got through production. It was during the stage where Reliant was uh, not as successful as it had been previously, I believe. Yeah. But... uh, I was i have looked into that four wheeled reliance when you mentioned them and i might i don't know if it's happening yet but i have been hearing words a reliant fox quite local to me right but, uh, might Ma- be appearing
0: here right may i conclude you'll you'll regard four wheels as cheating won't you
1: yeah well that's the thing um, you have to buy an extra tire for
0: <laughs> <laughs> and being a canny scott you all like the sounds of that one will you <laughs>
1: Oh, that's the thing. I mean, free cross is enough for me. <laughs> <laughs> now, the
0: question has to be asked. After the Reliant Robbins and the three-wheelers, what comes next? What car, what else would you like to own?
1: Well, that's, that's a tricky one. Um, I mean, I'm really into my classics. I really love the British cars. Yeah. Um, I would say i would like to stay in the fiberglass body range so it could be a lotus maybe yeah because the metalwork side i'm not great with welding yeah and i'm great at the fiberglass so i think a lotus would be a great addition at some point
0: yeah you could always i mean there's always the reliant semi toys. they were fabulous
1: that's the one I, i do like them as well they are really nice motors
0: nice 3 litre V6 up front and they don't totter on corners
1: (laughs) yeah well that's the thing I may have to think
0: about one of (laughs) them but I mean it's absolutely great to talk to somebody who is so passionate about a car or a range of cars or makes of cars that in the day, people regarded as a joke, and I mean, it's a bit like these people absolutely fixated with things like Morris Marina vans. And
1: well, that's the thing. It's, I mean, it's, 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 it is funny when you say that people regarded them as a joke back then, because it does remind me of when can, there's people at the shows up here that have spoken to others and says, "Oh, I well, somebody has to like them." And you're going, "I, it's." The fact that I like them, I love the fact that I like these Reliance, because they're brilliant cars. I was going to say, and I think the thing, I mean,
0: one of the rarest classic cars going is the Marina, mainly because, oh, top, mainly because top Gear kept dropping grand pianos on them.
1: <laughs> well, it could be. They, they have a nice habit of picking cars like that to just drop stuff on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I have to admit, I quite enjoyed seeing an Allegro on there. Yeah. The newer version of Top Gear not long ago. Yeah. (laughs) Was that was another one of one of the cars I've always quite liked for some reason.
0: Yeah. But I think the thing is now, people are starting to appreciate them because when they appear at classic car shows the crowds that they get round them are incredible. It really annoys the guys with the Rolls-Royces and the Astons and the high-end Jags that these cars that nobody technically liked when they were in production are now there fully restored. I did one show where a guy turned up with a Lauder Estate and won.
1: <laughs> see, that's that's the things that you you love to see because that's the cars that should be winning, really. The yeah. ones that are the underdogs, the pe- ones that everyone knew and drove back in the day and has great memories of
0: yeah I mean there is the show the festival of the unexceptional and like as a rule the triumph for claim tends to win and nobody like them <laughs>
1: <laughs> No, well I know what you mean there, I think there was a, a time that British cars owned the, the British Leyland marquee they seemed to come about and you, there were some weird and run, wonderful cars at that point <laughs> <laughs> including the Always the one I've remembered as the Vanden Pla 1500 Allegro. Oh, that one, yeah,
0: yeah, an Allegro with a Rolls Royce grill.
1: That's the one. <laughs> Funnily well, enough, my dad is actually an XJ6 Jag, yeah. in 1976, and when you parked it next to the Vanden Pla Allegro, you used to look at it and go, kind of looks the same from a
0: distance. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the big boss of the Allegro over the XJ6 was the uh, glove box lid used to close on the Allegro's used to set off in an XJ6 and the first thing that happened is the glove box <laughs> lid used to fly open. Well, that's true. And then, of
1: course, the other bonus of the jog over the Allegro would be that your gear stick actually stayed up and didn't fall out the floor. <laughs>
0: Lewis Bucken It's been absolutely fantastic chatting to you Thank you for taking the time it's, As I said it's nice to speak to somebody Who genuinely appreciates The cars that nobody Used to appreciate and now love to see well, I'm glad That you invited me on Mark It's been an absolute pleasure So Lewis Bucken all the way up there In sunny Scotland at Aberdeen Keeping the reliant flag flying Lewis thank you very much Indeed Thank you beaten on price, never beaten on service. Whether it's cars, bikes or commercials, Hoddy Tyres are the best in the business and when it comes to tyre expertise and advice to supplying the correct tyres for your vehicle specific requirements, nobody comes close to David Lakin and the Hoddy Tyres team. So give them a call on 01200 613 192 or visit the website at hoddytires.co.uk.